I have a surprise for you. <laughs> Ready? No. Just stay here. Oh no. For everybody at home, I am terrified. But for all you lucky ladies out there, um, wait, never mind. That's. I don't know what I'm saying. He left the room. I feel so alone. Oh wait, I hear his footsteps. He's coming back. <laughs> so for those of you who can't see what I'm seeing right now, oh my goodness! Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm a real desperado now. Hey, buddy. <laughs> for those who can't see what we're wearing, Marshall just ran in in a leather jacket and Indiana Jones styled yeah. hat. <laughs> yeah. And then he pulls one, assumingly out of the back of his jacket. Yes. And it's a little little cowboy hat for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's regular size. You just got a big head, buddy. From the Outback collection. Yeah, I, my dad got that in Australia. Wow. Yeah, this Authentic. one I got at the Omaha Zoo. <laughs> I was just there today. I was not. Oh, wow. I, I would have been that. there previously. Wow. Yeah. That's where you got the hat? It is. Wow. Um, but I just thought that you would enjoy this and get us in the mood for your show about Indiana Jones. Oh, uh, yes. So, here it is. Yes. We Tell should probably more. take a picture of this before we forget that it happened. And oh, then I didn't wear the proper attire for this. It's fine. <laughs> and now you have to take one of me. I get to take one. Urine a hat. I took a picture. Urine hat. Urine hat. What's a urine hat? Oh, I look terrible. I need to sit up. Hold isn't, on. Isn't a urine hat just pants? It could be. Oh. All right, you ready? Posture. Good. Face. Tan. <laughs> body. Tan. There you go. Picture tan. Make sure that's it. This is so bad, but it's better. <laughs> okay. Bad but better. For, for those of you listening now, just think about how funny that is, and then you can uh, go to the Instagram, Cinema Lounge Pod at, at Cinema Lounge Pod. That's what it's called on Instagram. I, I think so. And you can see those pictures that we just took, and it's real silly. I'm going to take this jacket off. Yeah, because as hot as you look, you I must feel, be just... I feel much hotter. Aha. Uh -huh. The... the the tea in Nepal is very hot, you know. Is that a code? Um, yes, it is a code. Ooh, thank you. Um, Connor. Hi. Welcome back to the Cinema Lounge. Thanks for having me. Actually, is this your, this is technically your first time in the Cinema Lounge. This is my first time in the Cinema Lounge. Cinnamon Lounge. Cinnamon uh, Lounge. Tell me where that is. Uh, yes, it's my first time. Yeah, because last time uh, you were on Ben and Marshall Do Podcast, which was just in a regular room. I was. And now we're here in this decadent uh, place with... Armchairs and uh, and pipes and yeah. whatever else you would like. And it smells great in here. I love all the leather. Yes, and we're both wearing smoking jackets. Yeah, and for all is... those who watched the the picture, watched yes. the picture, uh, they don't know we're lying. So it's yeah. perfect. <laughs> yeah, if you look at the picture, we just photoshopped the background to make it look like a regular room and like we're not wearing smoking jackets and smoking cigars. Day class A. Day class A. I don't know what that means, but I'm on board. Well, day class A is drinking Arnold Palmer out of a chunky salsa container. We are doing that, too. Uh, we each have our own. It is not one container. It is two. <laughs> and it's not full of salsa still. I no. It has been through the dishwasher more than once. Perfect. I'm very, very day class A. Yeah, I can't really taste the medium anymore. Salsa. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, but, Connor, we watched a movie. 
We did. We watched it together. Oh. Yes. It was Memorial Day, and I was using the bathroom, and I decided this is the perfect time to text my friend Connor Brand. That's me. So I did, and I said, hey, should we watch Indiana Jones for the podcast or something like that? I don't know. And you said, yes, but only if you uh, be my friend and come to my house and allow me to force you to eat this food that I've cooked. And I said, this is a price that I will pay for content. Yeah, and for those who don't know, my cooking that night was just downright atrocious. Terrible. I even took out the smoker and yeah. made this poor man eat my potatoes and... Actually, never mind. We're not going to go there. <laughs> made brats, everybody. Yeah. It was nice. It was, good to, it was a good time. We hung out on Memorial Day and had uh, brats and potato and... and blueberry uh, beer. And blueberry beer. Blueberry... Not a sponsor. Pitch... Black pitch... No, blackberry, blueberry... Um, what's the brand? I don't remember. Empyrean. Yeah. But it's going away. So if you want to get it, get it now. Get it while it's um, hot. But we watched this movie, and it's very good. And I'm a big fan of this movie. And Connor, what is Indiana? It was Raiders of the Lost Ark, if that wasn't clear, because of the hats and stuff like that. The classic. Which we're still wearing. Um, directed by Steven Spielberg, starring Harrison Ford as mm. Indiana Jones, Karen Allen as Marion Ravencroft. Uh, John Reese davies as Sela, or Sala. I don't know if he has a last name. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but this, I love this movie. You do love this movie. I do love this I movie. I will give that to you. You enjoy this movie. I enjoy it for the nostalgia purpose. Yeah. It is a quality movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you can really argue that. And if you want to, don't at me, because yeah. I don't care enough. Yeah. But, yes, I do enjoy the movie. I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, why are you such a big fan, Marshall? Um, good question, Connor. I'm glad you asked me that question. There's a lot of little questions inside that, but why don't you give us a oh. broad? Give us a broad little spiel. A broad little Steven Spielberg. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mid drink. Wow. I oh, have done that twice already, and I'm proud of it. I'm I glad uh, you can Harrison afford. To make more jokes like that. Uh, <laughs> that was bad. Okay, salah, salah. <laughs> Whatever uh, it will be. Uh, will not Germans. See. <laughs> 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 that was a high five that we did. But why do I love this movie? I think that this movie is fantastic for a lot of different reasons. I've got the different categories here, right, that we talk about mm-hmm. in the Cinema Lounge. The script, score, cinematography, performances, and where it applies visual effects. There's not a lot of visual effects in this movie, but there are, um, where they do show up, it's notable mm-hmm. and important to the plot. Um, but I would give, I, I would give every single one of those categories like a 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Wow. I love this movie. I think that I would absolutely put this in the category of, you know, perfect movies alongside Grand Budapest and whatever else that I've put in there. Like, I think Batman Begins, I've called a perfect really? movie. Wow. Yeah, Back to this the might Future. Be longer. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Martin McFly, my guy. Martin McFly, which yes. I'll talk about later if I remember, but I am taking part in a project recreating all of Back to the Future 1. Really? Yes, and I have an extremely notable scene. Can I be the DeLorean? No, you my Subaru was the DeLorean. Ah, darn. Yes, and I was very adamant that I wanted to turn my Subaru into a DeLorean. Ah, fine, I'll settle for the hoverboard then. Okay, well, it is Back to the Future 1. Exactly, so I don't, don't have, have to have be in scene. it. Perfect. I don't have to be in it. Beautiful. Um, but let's talk about script. Script. Dude, it's so well written. It's so tight. Because one of the reasons that I love this movie is because 
it is very intentionally channeling that like 1930s noir serial mm-hmm. kind of drama feeling and it does yeah. it extremely well like i watch this movie and i get all kinds of like shades of the maltese falcon and um you know treasure of the sierra madre another humphrey bogart movie is a huge influence on this right down to like the costume that he wears is the same thing as indy more or less mm-hmm. um Oh gosh, like Indy was partially inspired by like Rhett Butler from, uh, you know, that one famous movie. Yeah, it was the Butler. like, no, that is a different movie. <laughs> it's oh, what is it? Gone with the Wind. Oh, yeah, and Humphrey Bogart. He, well, uh, is that no? That's not Humphrey Bogart. That's, I just guessed. Was that Clark Gable? I think that's Clark Gable. Nice. Bogart's the other two, um, but the movie is very much in the vein of those like classic. Mm. Um, like old Hollywood adventure stories, mm-hmm. which is something that George Lucas always wanted to do. And it's something that he's always kind of done. It's the same thing that he did with Star Wars. It was just the sci-fi side of that. He wanted to yeah. do this before he did Star Wars and no one wanted it. So he made Star Wars and then uh, him and Steven Spielberg, they have this tradition of just not being at premieres. Really, It was his Titanic. What? So the theory is that James Cameron okay. committed so much time and effort to Titanic yes. so he could make whatever movie he wanted after oh. that. He just had that credibility after one of the biggest movies of all time. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Ain't that wild. I guess. I mean, it could be. I don't know that that was his thought process just because like knowing that everyone thought that Star Wars was going to flop, mm-hmm. like everyone thought it was going to fail and it was this horrible thing to work on. And, um, and like I was saying, they have this tradition these two guys of not really being at premieres mm-hmm. and going just like on vacation essentially and waiting for the money to come in waiting for the numbers to come in really yeah so they were in hawaii building a sand castle on the beach when they kind of just started talking about like steven spielberg's like i want to do a movie that's gonna like let me travel the world and go around the world and globe trot and make a big adventure f- film he wanted to make a james bond movie and mm-hmm. George Lucas is like, hey, well, I got a better idea. I got this old adventure script that I've been working on, and it's called Indiana Smith, and it's going to be great. And Spielberg said, that's cool. The name is terrible. And George <laughs> Lucas said, how about Jones? And Steven Spielberg said, okay. <laughs> and, then and then they, they smashed the Sandcastle competition and trotted off. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, what yeah, I yeah. That is what they did. That is what, that's in the history books. Uh, is that Sandcastle in the Smithsonian now? Um, yes, it is actually, um, the most famous sandcastle of all time. I was going to say it was a sandcastle from whatever movie, but I couldn't think of anything. Well, I hope they keep it right next to Darth Vader in the Smithsonian, because that guy hates sand. Is that a thing in the Smithsonian? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How did I miss that? I went there. You went to the whole Smithsonian? I thought so. It's like seven different museums. Yeah, well, I wanted to go to, like, the movie one. Oh. But I guess I didn't see that? Well, watch Night at the Museum 2, and you basically went there anyway. That's true. It's been a while since I've seen that. Anyway, back to script. Yeah. Um, but they had a meeting, these two guys, with Lawrence Kasdan, who uh, wrote The Empire Strikes Back. And they basically just made this entire movie by talking it through. And the script barely changed from this meeting that they had. Um, and there's a video on YouTube that I sent you um, from a guy who has a channel called Now You See Me, yes, yes. where they had recorded these conversations and these three guys reenacted 
that whole transcript and it's fascinating to listen to wow because it's just them figuring out the entire movie beat for beat essentially like they had it down almost immediately which is nuts um but because of that and because Lawrence Kasdan is such a great screenwriter it just is really it's a really really tight script and the characters are really um I don't know they just like they have really clear motivations and they gel really really well and nobody's just kind of there for no reason all of these characters have a very specific purpose mm. and they're i don't know this is just a movie that doesn't seem to have any kind of like fluff or extra stuff behind it no fluff yeah well it sounds like the worst s'more in the world maybe <laughs> maybe no fluff wow what do you think restate the question for me so i can answer promptly how do you feel about the what do you think about the script how do you feel about it what is the dialogue well kind of like what you were talking about it felt it feels reminiscent <clears throat> of kind of when people would sit around their radio and yeah. they would listen to these adventure stories yeah and it felt like that just brought to the big screen mm-hmm. and so I, I enjoyed it because I feel like the story was the main focus mm-hmm. and the script and the writing and then the cinematography just kind of fell in line afterwards. Yeah, and it's not like they had a list of set pieces that they wanted to get to. It was, mm-hmm. this is the story and then this is what naturally moves into now we have to do this whole thing with the the wing plane mm-hmm. and the big boxing guy and it's, it's not like we had this idea for that and then we're going to try to fit that in. It was like, and then you know, of course, that's how you write a thing to some mm-hmm. degree, but they get there logically. You're not making these wild leaps of logic, like like you know, you know look at the Fast and Furious movies, <laughs> where they come up with these different action things and they just slap a general something about family surrounding yeah, yeah. it and a Corona <laughs> and Fam- a Corona family and a Corona a lot of Corona. Hopefully, no coronavirus. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Vin Diesel. Thanks, Vin Diesel. Thanks. He was born for those movies. Yeah. Have you seen the videos that he did? Videos that he did. He did these commercials early in his career for like these shark toys. What? <laughs> it's really funny. How do you go from that to Iron Giant? That's a good. Po- wow. Was he famous before that? Had he done anything before that? I was Riddick before don't that? Know. I could not tell you. Was the Pacifier before that? No. No way. No. No. That's like mid two thousands. I don't know, man. The Pacifier. Check what a great out. movie. Gotta love that duck. Mm. Remember oh, that yeah. duck? Uh, I want to say it's not Howard. Um, no. Oh, what was the Does duck's name? Does it have a name? name? I'm pretty sure. Why do I think it's named Bacon? No. Ben? Ben? Ben the duck. Uh, we'll figure it out. I don't we'll know. We'll figure it out. We will think very hard about Peter this. Peter Panda. That was the duck's name. I'm yes, sure. it was. Um, let's see. What have I got? We started talking about the cinematography a little bit. I This is my film hot take. Mm-hmm. I think this movie has the greatest cinematography of all time. Of all time? Yes. That's that's a big mouthful, buddy. It's a fact. Prove it. Prove it? Back it up. Back it up? Back it up. Doot, doot. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know, man. I just think, like, it's not like an Avatar. Shut up, phone. It's not like an Avatar, you know, not the Airbender one, the blue people. Uh-huh. James Cameron. <laughs> Where you have these like crazy CGI vistas or like, you know, a movie like Aquaman that is the CGI and it's these amazing sweeping scenes or like Unforgiven and you get to see the, 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 the planes and everything. And, you know, it doesn't have these huge, crazy 
shots necessarily, but every single bit of this movie, it's like I was talking about with the score. The entire thing is so tight and it's so intentionally shot to look like these old noir films. So like mm. the lighting, the composition, the blocking. The silhouettes. The silhouettes, yeah. And there's a lot of silhouettes in this movie. Yes, there is. There's, um, gosh, there's the moment when Indy walks into Ra- at Ravencroft's to Marion's bar for the first time and you see just that shadow of him, this mm-hmm. looming figure. And that's a great shot. There's the one of them digging and it's the sunset and he puts his hat on and that's an amazing shot. There's when... Uh, and all he is is just wearing a hat and people know who he is. Yeah. that's the, I watched a whole video about the hat. <laughs> the hat? Yeah, about like the wardrobe and stuff and how they were trying to figure out like this needs to be a hat that is recognizable but could mm. be anyone's hat. Like we don't right. want it to be this super fancy, expensive, whatever, like over the top something. They want it to be like you could be wearing this like an every man because that's what Indy's supposed to be because if he was wearing the sorting hat we would just be like that looks wrong why are you wearing a wizard hat indiana yeah. jones what, what's your house buddy i want to know indy Probably is that a rice farmer's hat <laughs> why are you wearing that <laughs> that's cultural appropriation indy uh, okay uh, yeah. cinematography that's kind of what this whole movie is but it's fine um, but yeah, there's just so many gorgeous shots in this movie. If you look at the Instagram again, Cinema Lounge Pod, uh, I'll have posted. I was drawing some of the frames from the movie that I really love. Um, just because the whole thing is so beautiful and it has that look of like an old noir movie. And it, it has like, I don't know, there's just this charming look to it. Like it looks romantic. Yes. Not in like, you know. It was a love letter. Yeah, not like, romantic in the From sense George of like the actual Spielberg. definition of like romantic as opposed to like a relationship romantic. Like it's very, mm-hmm. I don't know, like it's, it's very warm for one. Mm-hmm. Like the color grading is also very beautiful. Just every single shot is like you could pause it anywhere and I would like put it on my wall and display it. Well, even when the girl writes, I love you on her eyes. Yeah. Yeah. You absolutely. Put that on your wall. Yes. That sounds yeah. like you have some self-esteem issues, but we can talk about that I, later. You know, I just got someone's got to tell me sometime. <laughs> Please. That's part of it. That's if anyone it. out there loves me, you can tell me now. <laughs> Shout out to Eric Kuehl because Eric Kuehl. he loves everyone. <laughs> and I love Eric. <laughs> hey, buddy. You better be listening to this right now. And if you're not, then I'm sorry. Then you're still my friend. But you won't know that because you're not listening. Number three. Number on the three list. on the list. The score. The score. Yeah. Tell me about I the think music. It's about four to O. Oh. Four. <laughs> nope. For who? Um. Well, it's O and four. Nazis down. They just keep oh. losing. They do. Yeah. They're winning for most of the movie. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What do you think of the music? But more Nazis died. Sorry, more Nazis died than Indiana Jones's. That's true. But is Indy the one actually killing the Nazis? Ooh, ooh, go deeper. This is this is something that I will posit. Indiana Jones is not a good fighter. He's not. Mm. I would be interested to see what his personal kill count is, and not because of like he accidentally sets the bar on fire and then a bunch of Nazis die in the fire. Big guy with a sword. Gun, gun, That's bullet, bullet. one at least. 
you know. But then, you you know, they open up the ark at the end. He didn't do any of that. He didn't kill those guys. That's true. Technically, God or the saints or something, whatever those ghosts are, killed all of those Nazis. I would, yeah, I I wouldn't take this movie as biblical canon. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. I don't, I, you know, maybe there's something about there being ghosts in the ark in the Bible, but I don't remember reading it. Another time. Another time. We'll dig into that deeper later. There must be someone who is like gone deep into the theological accuracy or n- accuracy of these movies, uh, the specifically this one in Last Crusade. A very deep puddle. Anyway, yes. So you yeah. said the score, correct? Yeah. I love the score. Yeah. I think it's shower worthy, <laughs> as in I will listen to it while I'm in the shower. I may have done that this morning. More power to you. Thank you. It's just such an iconic. You know the fanfare. You yeah. know as soon as you start to hear that whisper of the... That was really bad. <laughs> was but like you knew something. what it was, yeah. and that's how iconic it is. Yeah. So I'm a big fan. There's a lot of um, running around adventure-style background music, yeah. which I think is really good. Because yeah. a lot of the time, the main theme of a soundtrack can be great, but the rest following is just... It just isn't anything. Yeah, yeah, it's not very good. But this is thrill ride. Yeah, having a good time. I was, th- and, and even John Williams can be that way sometimes. Because mm-hmm. I remember we talked about Jurassic Park with, uh, with Bryce, and we, I was surprised that they agreed with me when I said that, like, you know, the Jurassic Park theme song is arguably one of the best pieces of music from any movie ever. Fantastic, incredible. The rest of the movie is pretty forgettable, music-wise. Like, I couldn't sing any of it to you. I couldn't really remark on it, because it's just kind of there. And John Williams isn't usually that way, which is why it's kind of surprising. And Mm. maybe it's just because, like, they talked in some of the the behind-the-scenes stuff that I was watching about, one that was specifically about the music, how um, Williams specifically really loved doing... Uh, the Indiana Jones movies and Star Wars because so much of it is built into these like again like those classic serials where it's you have these themes that come back for every single thing that's happening you have a love theme you have a theme for this character you have a theme for this character you have the main title march all of these you have an end title march and these uh, light motifs is what they're called. It will keep coming back again and again uh, for like emotional impact, which is something Lord of the Rings does very well. Um, And Howard Shore is incredible throughout all of those movies. Um, But these movies specifically do that in a really fun way where they're very specifically trying to emulate that kind of like Lone Ranger style of music. Oh, yeah. Where it's all these fanfares and these like very... Uh, I would say stereotypical kind of villainous sounding music. Where there's lots of horns and it's like you get to a minor key for the villains and a major key for the heroes, which isn't necessarily always the way things go like there's this misconception that major is always good and like minor is always the bad guys but it can go either way um but you know if we're going extremely traditionally that is what it is and that is absolutely Mm -hmm. what they're doing in this movie and it works so well and all of the music is so beautiful the love theme is fantastic in this 
love uh, the whole main theme is fantastic. I, I, this isn't my favorite Indiana Jones score, though. Okay. We're not talking about this movie, but my favorite indie score is definitely The Last Crusade. Really? Why? Yeah. They, in The Last Crusade, did a lot to try to make it softer, because mm. it's a father and son movie at its core. So they were trying to make it more... Not as like in your face, big bombastic adventure as much as it is about the relationship between uh, Indy and his father. And a lot of that is, it really comes through that way and it really works. And I also just really love the Grail Knight and his <laughs> his theme song, which is really fun. Um, and Scherzo, or however you say that, Scherzo for motorcycles. <laughs> Great song, big fan. Um, but yeah, the score is fantastic. I really love it. I, I think it's prop. It's not my favorite John Williams score. I think my. Uh, you tell me yours. You tell me yours. My favorite John Williams score. Give me like your top three. One, two, three. Out of his movie? Yes. Marshall, I straight up cannot tell you that. Yeah. I. Because you're I a coward. Yeah, because I'm a coward. I'm I'm afraid of the people who are listening to this who have no idea how to find me. Mm-hmm. Um. John Williams. I. I can't. I'll go first. I don't first. even know if I know three. Are you ready? Yes. Number one. No, I'll go by three, two, one. Number three, I think, would be Last Crusade. Okay. Number two is Schindler's List. Okay. And number one is Superman. Hmm. Same. Really? Sure. Just because I said that? Yeah. Yes. I, I have nothing to say. <laughs> okay, buddy. Sorry, pal. Whenever. I'll, you think I'll, just because you got a cool hat, you can not answer this question? Yeah. Well, you're right. I was given this hat by my father. This is a father oh? and son story. Your father? My father. I thought he was my father. Brother. We have the same father. Ha! Father. <laughs> Get it from the IT crowd. Ha <laughs> Yeah, it's classic. a classic. Whoa. I said, we are brothers. <laughs> we speak at the same time. Wow. Always wanted a sister, brother. Brother. (laughs) Number four. Number four. Performances. Yeah. What do you think of performances? What do you think of Oh, you're asking me? Yeah, tell me. Well, I always find it funny how Harrison Ford, in every movie he's in, he's always kind of the gruffer, like, handsome man. Yeah. That doesn't really emulate a lot of emotion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the most acting he did was when he had to react to seeing snakes, I think. Yeah. Or when he had to pretend that he was tired when he was fighting the big guy mm-hmm. boxing outside the plane. For sure. I really bought that he was tired. Oh, yeah. Which that he was afraid of snakes. It was probably true because apparently that whole like plane fight sequence, they just made up on the spot. Really? Which is crazy. That's cool. That they were just like, Steven. Steven. Steven Spielberg was just Stevie. basically the stunt coordinator for that one wow. and just came up with every bit and then like the guy in the cockpit who gets hit with the the um, the wheel chalks mm-hmm. was just one of the producers I think or something like that or the set designer um, because the guy who was all the stuntmen were mm-hmm. out that day so these are all just like actors and people on the crew in this <laughs> fantastic scene, which is wild who they get where they get the big guy from the big guy had to have been cast yeah like there's that no has way to be someone just exists like that yeah this is like this big charles bronson guy oh yeah there's no way he's like the mountain's little brother 
Little Mountain. Little Mountain. Little Rock. Little Mountain Print Shop. Little Mountain Print Shop. How you doing, rock. Joe? Hey, Joe. <laughs> Hiroshek. How? What's your favorite Indiana Jones movie? Do you listen to the podcast? Speaking of the acting and yes. high-quality acting in this yes. movie, I said this during the movie. You didn't agree. Oh. But when Indiana Jones... Sorry. When we were first introduced to Marianne... Marianne? Marion. Yes. Yes, I watched it once. I'm sorry. Yes. So when you're introduced to her, yes. she's having a drink off mm. with one of the uh, guys in the bar. Yes. The guy she's drinking against, I love his acting. Oh, yeah. Because he's just, I believe he's actually drunk there. Oh, honestly, I, I, I feel like he couldn't be because of like regulations and union stuff, but it really looks like it fantastic it's maybe the best acting in any movie ever the way he falls it's just like a pirate <laughs> going down with his ship he's smiling yeah and he's down it's like in princess bride when uh vizzini has drunk the poison and he mm-hmm. thinks that he's won and he's just laughing and laughing and laughing and then he just stops on a dime and then punk <laughs> like it's that exact thing except Ugh. it's like a more like realistic version of it it's not played for like it's played for laughs and he for must comedy. have been a sicilian he was Sicilian mm. in Nepal. And death was on the line. Death is well. I hope that that man didn't die. That would I be also a don't. very that I Alcohol would call Marion a murderer if that happened. He, maybe I don't know Probably who initiated not. this contest. We don't know who initiated That's this true. contest. We need letter writing campaign to Steven Spielberg. Yes. We want to know. Yes. Did she kill him? We are going to write letters to Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, Lawrence Kasdan, and Karen Allen. And, and the guy, whatever And whoever that guy is. We should figure out his name. What are the odds he's still alive? He died in that scene. Oh, no. He actually died. Well, now we died. don't need to ask. Oh, no. <laughs> it's unfortunate. But I think A if we were going to give... We were talking about give. Oh, yes. Hats off. Hats on hearts. And that's enough for him. That's enough. He's dead, and we don't care anymore, oh, that is. Um, but uh, we are talking about giving out like awards for different things. I think that... Major award. Major award. Um, we should give out an award for the best... Um, oh, gosh. Side character? Best... Not mm. side character, but the, mo- the... I don't know. Whoever steals the show. The monkey. Oh, the monkey it, I think that it's either the monkey... The the monkey that heils Hitler. Oh, or no. is it the monkey that heils Hitler, the Nazi monkey, or is it dead drunk man? I'm going to have to go with Nazi monkey. When you get a monkey to heil Hitler, he's he, he wins. <laughs> not that it's a good not thing a to moral, heil Hitler. Not a moral thing. He doesn't win that way, but he it's just impressive. wins in acting ability. Whoever trained the monkey wins. Yes. What if this was a monkey who already... What if this monkey was in the Third Reich? Grew up in the in the movement. And this was just a thing that the monkey did on set. And they were trying to get the monkey to stop. But he did it in every single shot and they had to use it. The monkey wasn't planned. He was just a side character. The monkey was a Nazi. Uh. Yes. Which is why they had to cast uh, John Rhys Davies, a Welshman as the Egyptian because the monkey would have been racist. Yeah, there's some good acting for you. Yeah, he does a great accent which, um, we were talking about performances. Yeah, Yeah. uh, John Rhys-Davies, who plays Gimli in Lord of the Rings, this giant Welshman, 
he plays uh, Salah, and who is this Egyptian guy that Andy knows. He's his contact contact in Cairo, and he's fantastic. He's so fun as the buddy character. It's true. Yes, he saves Indy's life a few times. Mm. Throws down a rope, squishes a date with poison on it. Yeah, kisses his lady. <laughs> you know, well, she kisses him. Still, if you're married, don't kiss other women. Well, don't let them kiss you. In Egypt, anything goes, is what uh, they say. And that's why my people left. You're <laughs> you're from <laughs> Egypt. Anyway, subject okay. change. Okay, but John Reese Davies is really fun. Um, apparently the character of Sala was written as like a really like skinny five foot guy. And then they cast John Reese Davies and he was like, what am I? I'm this guy. They're like, yeah, ignore the script. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's like, cool. Great. Uh, but he's really good. Ever all the cast is really good there. I can't remember what the name of the guy is who plays Belloc. But he's fantastic. He's British. Oh. Yeah. And he does a fun uh, French accent that Steven <laughs> Spielberg just assumed that he could do. And then they got to shooting and he was like, wait, can you can you do a French accent? And then he was like, can I do a French accent? Oh, and then he did. I don't know that I would say it sounds particularly French. I don't know what the French sound like. I think the problem is that us... American people are used to caricatures of the French, mm. like the French peas, or <laughs> like John Cleese in Holy Grail, yes. which is what the French peas in Pepe that scene are based on. Pepe Le Pew, Not everyone's good. favorite skunk. Yeah. Bad. He's a bad guy. Okay. That skunk. Um, did you see the Space Jam 2 controversy? I think Space Jam 2 in itself is a controversy. Sure. So elaborate. Basically, Pepe Le Pew was going to be in this movie, supposedly. Mm -hmm. And then people like got upset about it because he's a rapey skunk. And then Pepe Le Pew was quote-unquote canceled and taken out of the movie. Ah, I, can't I would say, I really doubt that Pepe was ever actually in this movie. And I think it's just a complete publicity stunt. And, like, who cares about this dumb cartoon skunk? Hey, look, we're woke. My, my, my Alexa just activated, and I didn't even say the keyword. And that was strange. Well, didn't you hear? Bezos said uh, Pepe Le Pew is the new Alexa. Oh, uh, Pepe? When is my dinner appointment? Four o'clock. Thank you, Pepe. You sound exactly like you would do in the cartoons. Why <laughs> I understood what you said there, Pepe, and I will I will understand everything else that you say forever. Thank you for being in my favorite movie, Space Jam. <laughs> Space Jam's your favorite movie. Yes, the first one, the first Space Jam, and the second Space Jam, which I have seen. They've shown it to me ahead of time, oh, and wow. I love it. Wow. It's my new favorite movie. Don Cheadle as the Internet Man, so good. <laughs> I love it. Ha. Don Cheadle's an interesting man. He really is. He sometimes is really good, but I really just, like, I don't know that I've seen him put in a performance that I really, really love. He's either just Rhodey in the Iron Man movies, or he's doing a horrific accent in Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> and those are the two versions of Don Cheadle that I remember. That's fair. That's fair. That's really his two His, his two styles. modes. <laughs> <laughs> he's either doing a terrible British accent, 
or he's just an Iron Man. Or he's Captain Planet in that SNL skit. I remember that. <laughs> That's weird, huh? Yeah. Mm. Anyway, what were we talking about? Performances. Uh, what about the effects? The effects. When um, renowned character actor, is it Alfred Molina? Yeah. Yeah, when he gets skewered. Yeah. Looks like looks like a real guy. It looks really good. It looks, looks really like good. a real guy. Yeah. I don't know if what studio they were working with because like Stan Winston is the go-to for like super quality effects like that, like practical effects. Because mm-hmm. there are like quote-unquote visual effects. This is before CGI. This came out in I think either 1980 or 1981. Whoa. I think it came out in 1981 because they were shooting this. They were about to start shooting the movie when. Um, Empire, like they just watched a rough cut of Empire, so I think it must have come out in 1981 because Empire was 1980. That sounds right. <laughs> um, but they, uh, what was I saying? <laughs> Crap, I lost uh. it. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of like visual effects, visual effects because this was before CGI. Mm-hmm. What there is, I think, works really well. Like, it's not super advanced or realistic. But I think going with the very, like, noir, pulpy feel, it really fits. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like it makes a lot of sense. You get this really early blue screen where, like, they're up on the part where they're digging and trying to find the Well of Souls. Mm-hmm. And um, the storm is coming in. Yeah, the whole Ten Commandments style. Yeah, exactly. And that that's what it looks like. It mm-hmm. looks like this stuff from, like, the 60s. It, it, maybe it's the same method. I don't know. Because I think that blue screen... Blue screen existed at that point because they used it in Star Wars in 77 and other Mm. movies around that time. But I don't know how they did it in like in the Ten Commandments and all those. If it was like a matte painting that they would put over the top of it. That's how would they have done that? I really don't know. Yeah, because they're not like you can't make a CGI storm rolling in. So how do you animate that element? Is it hand drawn? Maybe, or it could have been a close-up on a, like, simulated storm. Yeah. And then they just blew it up, a sense. And like, then sped it up? Yeah. Oh, Because you, you can do that. Like, you can flash light through cotton and then a filter. And yeah. And then you can get kind of lightning effects. I don't, man, I should have watched a video on that. Because I never thought about it that closely, but it is, like, I don't, I have no idea how they would have done that. And that's the movies, and baby. And that's the movies. That's the magic of movie making. Yeah, Just like baby. Christopher Nolan intended. Uh. But it does look really good. It's really fun. The uh, You know, you can't talk about the visual effects in this movie without talking about the, the three different uh, head explosions, melting, stuff oh, like that yeah. at the end, which is incredible. And there's, you know, all kinds of videos on how they did that. Where, like, they had one that was just... They would make the perfect model of the head with different layers for like the skin and the Mm -hmm. bone and the flesh and all that. And then just like melt it at a regular pace Mm. and then speed that up like crazy. And then like that's I think what happened to the Nazi commander Mm -hmm. and then uh, the SS guy. They just blew up a model of his head, I think. No, that was Balak. Balak? Balak blew up. up. And the SS guy guy shrunk Dehydrated. Oh, that was the Nazi commander. Oh. The SS guy is the one that, that melts. Yes. Because he has the glasses and everything. Yep. Yeah. And that's just like... That still disturbs me. It's... Dude, I, like, watching that as a kid... Terrifying. Freaky. 
Yeah. I think that my parents probably skipped that part for a while when I was growing up. But even the first time I saw it, I remember it being like, whoa, that's <laughs> that's something. So you always thought the Nazis won, huh? <laughs> yep. Because you never saw them die. <laughs> they just skipped the end of the movie and the Nazis have the arc. And that's oh, why no. it's still missing. Because it got lost somewhere like all the other treasure the Nazis stole. Makes total sense. It never ended up at the warehouse. Nope. What warehouse? Wink. Whoa. Wink. 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 <laughs> wink. Bigger winks than you. Blinking now. <laughs> Both eyes are closing at the same time. Do you think the skeleton, the skull, the crystal skull is in that warehouse by the end of the movie? Oh, I don't remember. I, you know what? I don't remember how Crystal Skull ends. What happens in that movie? I really couldn't tell you. All I remember is there is a scene where they're in that warehouse yeah. where they left the Ark. And they're looking oh, for yeah. that. They're looking for the the skull, the crystal skull, because it's magnetic sometimes. In and the it's movie. in the warehouse. Yeah, and it's in the warehouse. And oh. there's there's a scene where they're running through the warehouse, destroying things, and you see the Ark as kind of a callback to, hey, remember when these movies were what? good? Yeah. I don't remember that at all. It's a forgettable movie. That's crazy. Yeah. They're in like three. What what days today? What's the date? The fifth. Sure. On, on the 8th in three days time. So actually, will that be Tuesday? Yeah. Yeah. The day that you're hearing this, if you're watching it the day it comes out, um, there will be a 4K remaster of the original four Indiana Jones movies coming out. Whoa. Yeah. So I'm probably going to get that. It's like 100 bucks for all four of these movies, presumably with all kinds of, excuse me, behind the scenes content. Um, so I'm probably going to buy those. I think it'll be a lot of fun, and I love these movies. Even even Crystal Skull. I can enjoy Crystal Skull as just like a goofy Saturday morning cartoon of a movie. Sure, sure. Um, Shia LaBeouf. LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. I love when, I, when he swings with those monkeys, and it looks super realistic. <laughs> and he goes faster than a car. Faster than a car. Faster than a speeding car. Must go faster. Must go faster, as they say in Jurassic Park and Independence Day. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, Good old Goldblum. But, uh... I'll have to rewatch Crystal Skull when I uh, when I get that because for the longest time here's a weird thing that was the only Indiana Jones movie that we owned at my parents' house. <laughs> it's the only one that's worth it. That's I, true. False. I do enjoy Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom gets more flack than it deserves. This is what I'll say about Temple of Doom: the racial stereotypes are horrific. True. But it's mostly relegated to. The, the banquet scene, I would mm-hmm. say. The rest of the movie, it's still rough. The, but the, the worst of it is by far the banquet scene. And I feel like that gives it this really bad reputation. Yeah. And the story isn't as good. It's not, I would nowhere near call this a perfect movie. But I, I really respect it for trying to do something very different. It, it wasn't doing like a biblical artifact. It wasn't... It was trying to go to a completely different part of the world, mm-hmm. to um, a different kind of mythology. And I think that's great. And I I wish it had been better, certainly, <laughs> than it is. Um, but I still like it as a part of this trilogy. But also, in case you didn't know, and I told you this when we were watching the movie, it's a prequel. It takes place before right. Raiders of the Lost Ark. So a lot of people will watch that one and think, why is Indy this like really rough, gruff character? He's like rough around the edges. He's not like caring at all, like he mm-hmm. is in Raiders, because it takes place before. 
which is weird. Character development. Yeah. So you get like this reverse character development. I would never tell anyone to watch Temple of Doom first because then they're going to be like, these movies suck. I don't want to watch this. I don't know that they would say it would suck, but they certainly wouldn't come out of it with the same impression they would if they watch Raiders. Yeah. Um, would you? What would you say is your favorite of the three? Three of the. I I've bought into this narrative, this inside joke with Indiana Jones fans, that Crystal Skull doesn't exist, <laughs> and I I I just had a whole Freudian slip there where it became a reality. <laughs> of of the reality. four movies, which one would you say is your favorite? Knowing it's not Crystal Skull. I enjoy the beginning yeah. of Raiders. Okay. I enjoy the middle <laughs> of Temple of Doom. Interesting. And I enjoy the end of The Last Crusade the most. Huh. Put those randomly edited together. Perfect movie. Right what there. if we we should do that <laughs> and see People how will be well like, that's the world. We're like, we're going to watch uh, the Indiana Jones trilogy, guys, but it's only going to take two hours. Yeah. <laughs> like, we cut all three together. We made a super cut like The Hobbit. Yeah, and <laughs> it's going to be then great. Then we slowed it down to 0.9 speed, and it's perfect. That's that'd be terrifying. <laughs> My gosh, that'd be so weird. I think that's strange. Why? Why? Why the beginning, middle, of end of those three movies specifically? Oh, we don't have enough time to dive in that. Um, we're in 45 minutes. We got time. Oh, okay. Well, did I say it because I mean it, or did I say it for a joke? I don't know. I said it because I mean it. Okay. So I was thinking how <laughs> I was thinking that you know, um, the third one, yeah, yeah, um, Last Crusade, Last Crusade. So with Sean Connery mm. and uh, Harrison Ford, their connection, just like making it a whole father son, yeah, kind of romp. Um, it was really fun, and I remember they play off each other so well. Yeah, and he calls him Junior, and he's like, you can tell he's annoyed, but he also Sean loves Connery's his dad. funny. Yeah, which you thought. wouldn't have guessed. Yeah, and I just remember specifically watching that one with my dad, mm. and towards the end, I was like, yeah, I relate to this because I got a dad too. Oh, yeah. Of course, you know, I didn't throw sand in a chasm and then walk across. Sure. This weird camo bridge. Yes. But you know, I did find the Holy Grail, so that works. Yeah. Um, then wait, I, wait, you found the Holy Grail? Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to that. Okay. Um, but yeah, and then that got me thinking. You know, I really enjoy the beginning of Raiders because it's such a iconic moment. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have tried to redo kind of that. You're talking feeling. about the temple jungle scene. Specifically. Yes, the temple jungle scene. Okay. Um, and just the setup for the character is great. Yeah. And then I'm left with the middle. Of the middle. And that's Why? the middle of Temple of Doom. Why the middle of Temple of Doom? I don't remember it fully. I'd have to watch it again. <laughs> oh. I honestly think that's where all the racism is, and I did not mean that. Yeah. So, that's whoops. <laughs> Backing it up. Didn't mean it. That's hilarious. Bye-bye. Wow. See you later. That's great. I think that... Um, I think for me, Last Crusade is probably my favorite. I think that it's the funniest of the three movies, mm-hmm. and it... It doesn't have the same kind of like pulpy noir feel as much. It definitely feels like a movie that came out in yeah, like pulp free 1985 or whenever it came out. And but but I I think it's still my favorite. I think it's because of that Sean Connery playing off of Harrison Ford and vice mm. versa. Their dynamic is so good, and he's like Sean Connery is so funny in that movie. 
which is crazy. I don't. Has he ever done anything else like League, that? League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Why must you remind me of LXG, <laughs> one of the most okay to awful movies I've ever seen? Pretty bad. It's, Pretty bad. It's not good. Based on a comic book. Oh. They'll remake it in 10 years and it'll be fine. <sighs> it'll be worse. Yeah. I don't know. Uh-huh. It's fine. I don't care. It's fine. Whatever. What else is he in? Sean Connery? Yeah. James Bond. Is he funny as James Bond? Not. I wouldn't call him funny. Really? Just smooth as a vague, baby's bottom. Vaguely charming. Vaguely. Huh. Um, a little rapey. Uh, Pepe um, Le Pew. Pepe Full Le circle. Pew. Pepe, what a stinky old man. He Rest <laughs> in peace. Um, oh, what else is Sean Connery in? He was in uh, Finding Forrester. Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. He was. He plays Nemo. Finding... Hunt for Red October. He does yeah. a bad Russian accent. He's also finding in that because they're hunting. Wow. Yes, yes. He's really into these finding movies. Highlander. He's huh. supposed to be a Spaniard, but he just seems to have a Scottish accent. Perfect. Goodwill yes. Hunting. Um, it's based off him, I think. What? Hunting? I don't know. <laughs> does that, how, does, how does that even connect? Hunting. <laughs> hunting for an octo. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> it's like, for a second, I genuinely was trying so hard to think of where he shows up in Goodwill Hunting, a show that we talked about on this podcast. He was the janitor that solved the equation. He was Goodwill. And Will. then they replaced him with Matt Damon. Oh. Yeah. Because Matt like Damon liked Apple with Harrison Ford yeah. in Indiana Jones. Classic. It's yeah, classic. classic. They had fully cast and hired Tom Selleck to be Indiana Jones. And then after the fact, they were like, sorry, Lucas and Spielberg. We've got him on a TV contract. You can't have him. That TV show, of course, was Magnum P.I. Extra, extra. Yeah. Indiana with a mustache. I think that could work. Yeah. they. I watched a video that had like screen tests with him. Mm-hmm. And it was it, it it was fine. It was definitely a much gruffer version. Like it's Tom Selleck, yeah. you know. It's gonna be like Magnum. It's not the same kind of like Han Solo charismatic, you know, scoundrel kind of character that Indy kind of plays a lot of the time. Hmm. What do you think of like how much time we got? We're on 50, 50 minutes. I. What do you think of the difference between Professor Indy and? archaeologist Indiana Jones Indy. Dr. Jones and Indiana Jones. Which one do you think is like the performance? Like is he putting on this like mild-mannered professor? Or is this just like in this environment this is how he feels and this is how comfortable he is but then out in the real world in like the jungles and stuff he lets loose. Are you referring to how Batman says I'm actually Batman and Bruce Wayne is yeah, the kind of that same that kind of thing. Okay, yeah. Where you see on Instagram, quote unquote, cinema pages constantly. Yeah. About the scene in either Batman '89, or not Batman, in Batman Returns, or The Dark Knight Rises, where they go to the masquerade ball, and he's not wearing a mask because <gasps> Bruce Wayne is the mask. Ooh. Whoa. So. Yeah. I would say that if someone will leave their job. To do mm. something that they really love. Yeah. And to go across the world and hunt for artifacts, treasure. Yeah. I think I think he's actually Indiana Jones, but not Professor. He's the archaeologist. I think that makes sense. When he's in when he's in the classroom, like he's having grand old time. I mean, he's he's fine. He's his father. But he's just 
yeah, he's doing that for his dad. Yeah. When really he wants to be an adventurer. Mm-hmm. Which we even see in the beginning of The Last Crusade in that whole young indie sequence with River Phoenix. River um, Phoenix. Who's, what a she g- sounds pretty. <laughs> She's dead. Um, but uh, he is this, you know, young, wily Indiana Jones in the Boy Scouts, Eagle Scouts, whatever. And he goes on this little adventure and then he gets home and his dad is just that reserved professor type. Mm. Which then he isn't necessarily that throughout the rest of the movie. He's still, he's kind of a goofy, you know, fish out of water to some degree. He doesn't have the same kind of street smarts that Indy does. Mm -hmm. But the more reserved side of Indy, I think probably comes from his dad. Yeah. So like that's him becoming that when he's the professor and everything. Do we know anything about Indy's mom? I don't. There's a little bit in Last Crusade where they talk about her. And I don't mm. really remember it, but she's definitely the, like... Because he's the one, like, the Victor Stone, uh, you know, the cyborg mm-hmm. and his father kind of relationship where gotcha. Silas is always at Star Labs and, like, 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 he doesn't go to any of the football games or anything like that. Gotcha. Like, it's always Dr. Henry Jones, senior, is always, you know, working on the Grail quest and doing the archaeological mm-hmm. stuff and being a professor of something, whatever. And... It's the mom that took care of him. I think they say that mom left at a certain point. Probably, oh. I think, before that scene in the beginning, the young hmm. indie stuff. That would make sense. Yeah. Sounds like a dysfunctional family. A little bit. A little bit. But uh, I think that, yeah, I think that mom leaves and then it's just Indy has to fend for himself, which is probably how he gets all these street smarts and stuff. But then also you get the young Indiana Jones adventures, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that's technically canon to these movies. I don't know how concerned Indiana Jones is with canon, but in, if that's the whip. case, then he, he doesn't goes use through, a canon. He uses maybe. a whip. If that's the case, then he goes on all kinds of crazy adventures through World War One and War all kinds I. of stuff with his French, fat French buddy and <laughs> weird stuff. There's nudity in that show, and it's for children. Ew. It surprised me. <laughs> I was like, whoa! Gross. That's a breast! What? Ah, wow. It was surprising <laughs> i was not expecting it in this infotainment indiana jones show with like, no one ever is no one ever yeah. is um you know what i was just thinking while you were about talking it. about how his relationship with his father was just kind of something that hadn't really been done before on sure. screen so actually i don't know if you said that or i just imagined I don't know. That. but i'm thinking how national treasure plays with the same style huh because i was trying to think what is more, a more modern day version of Indiana Jones? And the closest I could get is to Nick Cage. National Treasure. National Treasure. Yeah. Benjamin Gates. That's interesting. Because I was, I was trying to think of the same thing too. Because at this point in the show, we te- typically get to like, if you like this movie, here's something else that you should check out. And there really isn't anything like Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. It's kind of in a genre of itself. Yeah. And I think the only thing that you could really bring up would be um, the new Tomb Raider movie. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the Angelina Jolie ones. Those kind of are a bit more science fiction. Um, but the new Tomb Raider movie, and then... With Walter Goggins. Yep. He's, it, that movie is better than I think it has a reputation for being. It's fun. I enjoyed it. I I wish it would get a sequel. I kind of doubt it will. But uh, the... And then 
Yeah, the National Treasure movies. High quality movies, in my opinion. First one definitely is. The second one is still good, but it's like a lot rougher. They're yeah. doing a Disney Plus series. Did you know that? No, I did not. I thought they... Yeah. So I've had a letter writing campaign for like the last three years <laughs> yeah? to get National Treasure 3 going. You want to see what's in the president's secret book? What did the president yeah, want what's him to on, look at? What's on page 52 yeah. or whatever Whatever book. page it was, yeah. I just want them to bring back Riley Poole. That's all I want. Is that the girl? No, that's the, that's well, that's the, the best buddy. friend. Yes. Because <laughs> yes. he was the best part of those movies. He's pretty great. When he's like rich in the second one because of the book. <laughs> and he's, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's poor all the time. He just blew his money on a Ferrari. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's interesting. The, the father-son aspect is it's exactly the same. Where he is like the guy with the, the street smarts mm-hmm. who's gone on the actual adventures. And his dad is like the professor who's had this, uh, this j- mission his entire life. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Right. I never thought about that. It is the same, that specific aspect. Yeah, and they're, the both, same they're both like, you know, scholars in their own right. Yeah. But they still have that sense of like, there's something better out there. Yeah. And, uh, and Dr. Henry Jones isn't like a disgraced scholar, though. No. You know, he wasn't, you know, chasing this crackpot theory as much. Well, I mean, you know, trying to track down the Holy Grail. The was, government came to him. Well, it wasn't the government, it was. This I can't remember his name. But this uh, this you know private collector. I Magnum guess. Magnum PI. Magnum PI. Private investigator. Uh, but it was this private collector or something. This private interest, who you know we eventually find out is working with the Nazis. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, I we st- we've been talking about Last Crusade for a while now in this episode about <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, but that's just because those are both stellar movies. They're both really good. Um, and, you know, if you do enjoy this movie, um, movies to check out. I would check out the new Tomb Raider. I would ch- check out the other Indiana Jones movies. I, I look at all the other three. The Last Crusade is definitely the other best one. Temple of Doom is still pretty good. And Crystal Skull is really rough, but it's a fun, goofy adventure. Um, National Treasure movies, mm-hmm. specifically the first one. If you're going to watch just one of them, definitely watch the first one. Um it's like genuinely a, a really good movie. It's really fun. This plot holes in Nick Cage is Nick Cage, but it's it's a fun little adventure. Um, and that's really what these movies are supposed to be. They're not supposed to be these mm. perfect airtight plots. You know, like there's no way that they they're like when Indy escapes from the the snake pit by just like pushing a brick over. <laughs> they didn't see that loose brick and crawl in there and find the ark. It was it was pretty easy to find if yeah. you just looked at the building. And apparently he's strong enough to push this giant piece of sandstone. A couple hundred pound yeah. piece of sandstone. That Massive. There's no way. Yeah, like it's not without its. You you could call them flaws, but I don't. I think that knowing what kind of movie this is, I don't think that it really matters. Oh, it's a movie that's built to not have flaws. Yeah, if it was trying to be super, like realistic and and all like fancy and cool then sure i think that that would be a weakness but it's mm. it's not um outside of the film you can i guess goonies we could recommend oh do i love the goonies i don't what i don't like it it's just a bunch of kids screaming for two hours and i don't enjoy it I'm i would sorry. tell you to go die but goonies never say die and you don't get goonies that never say die i didn't Ugh. grow up with the goonies that's fair this that's my thing I, I really you. think that it's a movie that people love I think it's the definition of a movie people love because of nostalgia 
I really don't, I can't imagine an adult watching it for the first time and thinking that was an, that was an amazing movie. I've seen it happen. I'd say this, really? Mm-hmm. But they were surrounded by a bunch of people who mm-hmm. were laughing Upset like crazy. Yeah. yeah. I would say the same thing about Space Jam. Like, I can appreciate Space Jam as a really, like, stupid movie to laugh at. Mm-hmm. But the way that people talk about Space Jam is as this amazing thing. And it's not. It's really not. It's no like Mike. No. I don't know what that is. You don't know what like Mike? No. Is that a Michael Jordan thing? So, like Mike is a movie where a young Bow Wow... His first okay. acting debut. Yep. He finds shoes that were owned by Michael Jordan. Oh. And he gets struck by lightning while holding the shoes. Yes. And he gets the skill of Michael Jordan and he goes to play in the NBA as like a 11, 12 year old. Yes. I do know this. Terribly good. Yes. It's That's a, amazing. Uh, is it Crispin Glover is the from Back to the Future? Yeah. Um, his dad. Terrible guy. I mean, kind of a weird guy in yeah, general, weird but dude. he's the villain in it. Of course. Great A. Great A, man. That's amazing. (laughs) Wow. Um, Outside of movies, there is... um, There's lots of comic books of Indiana Jones. There are um, some, like, novels. And there's novelizations of these movies, of course. But there's, like, offshoot novels and books that exist. I don't know how good they are. Mm. You know, it's like how there's a gazillion Star Wars books. Most of them aren't canon anymore. But there are a lot of canon ones that are really good. Um, There's, a you know... I guess in the the truest sense of like the pulp classic feel, there are Indiana Jones books like that, like the Maltese Falcon. Um, video games, we of course have like the Tomb Raider games, Tomb Raider. specifically probably the newer ones. Uh-huh. Rise of the Tomb Raider, I think, is the best one. Shadow's good, but Rise is better. I think we talked about this on the show, maybe even last episode, which is weird. But um, and then the pinnacle of that would be the Uncharted games. Love me the Uncharted games. Yep. Uh, and they're fantastic. They're very much supposed to be like an Indiana Jones thing. Yeah. In fact, at the time that these games were first being made, the first Uncharted game, mm-hmm. there was in Lucas Arts, Lucas Arts games, whatever, mm-hmm. they were making an Indiana Jones video game. I think that would be really cool. Well, there is one that exists actually. Really? And if we, if I can track it down, I think it'd be fun to to play it and like put it on. That would uh, the be YouTube fun. channel that we never touched. <laughs> I think that because I've got a PS2 and I'm pretty sure that's what it's on. Cool. Um, but there are a couple Indiana Jones video games, but they were making one at the time when E3 happened and they first saw a demo of uh, Uncharted 1. And they looked at that and thought, oh no, that's the game that we're making. <laughs> what are we going to do? Uh-oh. And it got canceled. Really? No, you know what? They that don't think the notoriety into... of the character would sell that alone? Well, no, it didn't get canceled. I think what happened is they were like, well, we can't just... Because they got out... They got their foot into the door first. Mm-hmm. So if we start now, we're going to look like we're copying them. So I think they shifted, and it wasn't as much like uh, Uncharted anymore. And I think that's the game that eventually became uh, Indiana Jones Staff of Kings or Staff of Ra or something like that. Interesting. Yeah, I've not played it. There's a version on the Wii, and there's also there's a different version, because that's what always happened back then, was there was the same game, but it was completely different on the Wii and then on the regular yeah. consoles. Hmm. Like the Captain America, the first Avenger tie-in game, yeah. is genuinely really good. The one for Xbox 360? Yeah. I have that one. Isn't it fun? Yeah. it's like And it has like that Arkham uh, Asylum-style combat system, but it no, feels really heavy. Cool. 
Yeah. And you can like dodge, but not dodge bullets, but you can like shoot bullets back at guys with a shield. Yeah. It's cool. And, but then the version on the Wii is like a top-down isometric. It's completely different. I've played both of them. They're both really fun, but you would not realize that they were supposed to be the same game. <laughs> it's not similar at all. But the Uncharted games uh, basically killed Lucasfilm games. Wow. It you know went into the dumpster a few years later, uh, and it sort of exists at this point, but it really mm -hmm. doesn't. Um, but the Uncharted games are great. There's four of them, and there's rumors of another one coming soon. Yes? Yes. I had one question before we wrap up. Ask me. If you could replace Harry, if you had to replace Harrison Ford with any actor alive, dead, who would it be? And this is just for fun. This is not as for, Indiana Jones. Yeah, just like like who? if they were to reboot in in an alternate universe, mm -hmm. you still have the Harrison Ford version, but you could watch a version with any actor as Indiana Jones. And they put their own, like, charisma into it. Who would you watch? That's tough, because, like, there's not a lot of people that have that same kind of, like, Harrison Ford level of, like, he's not that, like, mm -hmm. gruff and rough and tumble. Yeah. He's got that a little bit, but you can see that it's very much a facade. Like, he's mm. not tough. He His main skill is that he can get beat up for a really long time until someone else wins the fight. Rocky. Yeah, basically. And... So I don't know. The name that gets thrown out all the time, which is ridiculous, is Chris Pratt. No. And it doesn't make sense, and it wouldn't work. I think Bradley Cooper might be able to do it, but I think he's too pretty. Hmm. He's, I think he might be a little too pretty, and I don't know that he could do the, the, the rough-and-tumble charm. I think the hard thing of trying to think about someone else playing a character like this mm -hmm. is that it's like... You know, Indiana Jones is like Iron Man, you know, like it is so married to this actor. Mm -hmm. Like you, it's so hard to see it as anyone else. And you see that then with Solo. You don't because think... then, you know, a lot of that movie, I think Alden Ironreich does a really good job in Solo. Mm -hmm. I think he gets a lot more flack than he deserves. That is a passable, it's basically an Indiana Jones Star Wars movie. Gotcha. And, but it, there are a lot of points where it just feels like he and, you know, Donald Glover are just doing impressions yeah. of Billy D. Williams doing Lando or of Harrison Ford being uh, Indiana Jones, not Indiana yeah. Jones, on Solo. Um, and I feel like it would be hard to get around that. But then, I don't know, because there are other properties that are rebooted. Like, you look at the A-Team, right? Yeah. The A-Team movie is not great, but it's so much fun. <laughs> and Liam Neeson as, um, uh, gosh, Hannibal, uh, or what's his name, whoever. Uh, I think the one guy that doesn't work in that is the guy that plays uh, the Mr. T character, B.A. Baracus. Just because that, I think there's a certain point where the actor transcends the character, mm -hmm. and it's almost impossible for anyone else to take it on. Interesting. I, I want to throw a name out there. Do it. But I think could play the role pretty well okay he's gruff and tumble yeah he's kind of got that reserved like quiet charm to mm -hmm. him i think daniel craig could do a decent indiana jones really yeah did you see cowboys and aliens yes <laughs> I'm where he plays opposite harrison ford exactly interesting i think he actually could do it. i actually think he could do it huh 
he d uh, I don't know if he could do the accent because even his regular accent is weird. He doesn't do a lot of talking in the James Bond movies. And Colin, He's putting on a really posh accent in that movie. His Colin regular accent is strange. Thames McPherson or something. I don't know. I a guess. British version of Indiana Jones. I guess. Wales. Because like, have Montgomery. you seen Knives Out? I love Knives Out. That southern accent is interesting. It's enjoyable. It's not bad. I think it's supposed to it's be over the top. But yeah, it's not good either. Hmm. Anywho, that's fascinating. Something to chew on. Yeah. Huh. Think about it. I don't know. I'd be interested to see like a list because there's always like a whole bunch of people that mm. I never would have thought of. Like Scott Eastwood, maybe could be pretty no. good. No, he's a terrible actor. What? Terrible. Actor. I think that he has just had a rough go of it. He's just not been in a good movie. Because so uh, much Pacific of it. Pacific Rim Two Uprising. Oh, bad. So much of you know movies it's a gamble because you look at like oh gosh Robert Pattinson is an amazing example of like mm. people know him because of Twilight and because of that they think that he's this awful actor but he's a phenomenal he's actor. amazing he's done all of these really good indie movies since then indie movies Indiana hey! Jones he Robert would not Patton. be a good Indiana Jones no but have you seen The King on Netflix with uh, Timothy Charlemagne I haven't and it's yeah. Quite good. He does a funny voice in that, doesn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. French. Oh. Yeah. I need to so watch maybe that. he could be the new uh Balak. Balak? Yeah, yeah, maybe. There um we go. Well, one last thing that I wanted to mention, we were talking about video games. There is an Indiana Jones video game coming out right now. Whoa, tell it's me more. It's in development. It's being made by Bethesda, specifically by Machine Games who made the Wolfenstein games. And I I think I briefly talked about this when we were watching the movie. Wolfenstein being um this the villain from Justice League. Yes. <laughs> um, hello, I'm Wolfenstein. Yes. I don't know why I did a French accent, but it's fine. Um, Wolfenstein is one of the original first-person shooters. It was like one of the iconic ones alongside Doom, mm. Quake, from like all the way back when they were really weird and janky. And it is about killing Nazis. Don't forget uh, Goldeneye. Goldeneye. Yeah, that was kind of like the evolution. That was the first like time when it was like, oh, this is a thing. Because Doom was yeah. like the OG where it was still like pixels and everything. That was like, gosh, what console would that have been on? That was pre the N64. Goldeneye was definitely, Goldeneye and Perfect Dark were like, whoa, this could whoa. be something really cool. Cool. But uh, Wolfenstein is a first person shooter, which then begs the question, what would this video game be? Mm -hmm. Would it be, well, I would assume that it would be a third person action game, like an Uncharted or like Hopefully more like Tomb Raider, specifically Rise of the Tomb Raider. But it could be a first-person game. I don't know how that would work. I don't think it would work very well since mm -hmm. India is so much focused on, like, punching and the whip and stuff and not really any gunplay. Mm -hmm. The only time that he really uses a gun in this movie is when he shoots the guy with the sword. Yeah. And the only reason that that happens is because he had really bad like diarrhea because everyone had been eating the local food and everyone got sick. Really? Yeah. So the only person like there were very few people who didn't get sick and it was pretty much because Spielberg brought all these things of canned food that was exclusively what he ate but everyone got like super sick because of all the local food in Tunisia um, which is where they shot not in Egypt. It's a lot cheaper. Um, hmm. But uh, there was supposed to be a big choreographed fight scene between the two of them. 
Wow. And then he had like yeah, the dysentery squirts. or something. The squirts. Yeah, so you can even see in that shot, he's like hunched over and he looks awful. And <laughs> he looks so bad. He looks like he's about to keel over. That's some good acting then. Yeah. And he just pulls out the gun and shoots him. And that was purely because he literally couldn't do the scene. And he had to poop. Yeah. John Reese <laughs> Davies had a whole fight scene and they had to cut that out because he actually uh, crapped his pants in front of the entire cast and crew. Makes sense. And they had to <laughs> cut that scene. Um, but yeah, hopefully... Leave, I, leave I it just, in, you cowards. Yeah, but I want the game to be good. I hope it's good. And if you're still listening, thank you. Um, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for hopping in to listen to this episode where we talk about Indiana Jones, one of my favorite movies, and a movie that, uh, that Connor enjoys. Connor, would you say Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, yes or no? Yeah. 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 Two dots. Yeah. Two dots. Yeah. What is that? It's a pause. Oh. Two dots. Yeah. As opposed to an ellipsis? Yeah. Is that a thing literarily? Yeah. Is literarily a word? No. No. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I really think that we have settled into wearing these hats, and I think it's fun. <laughs> I didn't take it off once. No, we've been wearing these hats. We did take it off in a moment of silence. Ah, uh, yes. Moment of silence. Um, for um, Dead Drunk Man, the man who did die. Yeah. We're going to start spreading that rumor. Yeah, and people are going to be like, what? Yeah. I legit, I'm going to look for a really nice felt fedora after this. I want to find one that is like an indie looking one because I'm going to do a few weeks of camp this summer and I, I always liked to wear like a wide brimmed hat. Mm. Um, so Everybody loves a guy in a fedora. See, I would never wear it like around lady. or in public. Yeah, you bring out your sword, you wear a fedora. Yeah, this Where's is the room coat? that I wait to show a date. <laughs> like I, you're not going to experience this room for a while and when I say this room I mean the cinema lounge yeah so is this um, like our fourth date or yes whoa whoa whoa, whoa. Well, cool. anyway. uh, pretty cool um, but yeah thanks for listening to the show if you enjoyed the show tell a friend about it if you want to reach the show uh, you can contact me at mparish underscore art that's m-p-a-r-i-s-h underscore art on uh, Instagram Twitter Facebook and Twitch uh, the YouTube channel is The Great Scub Do, S C U B D U. I'm going to try to maybe change that. I don't know. We'll see. I, w- I would love to do that Indiana Jones thing. I'm going to look into that. I don't know what console it's on. Mm. If it's on PS2, that I'll probably have to get an adapter because my um, recording, I have the, you know, the Elgato, which you record all the stuff through. Delgato. Yeah. But it is like a. Um, it's an HDMI thing, so I'd have to figure out an adapter for audio, AV cables and stuff like that. Well, I'll look into that, and I think that could be a fun thing um, that we could uh, we could just record a chunk of those, and I could slap them together pretty easily. It would be a fun thing to do. Uh, chunk. Chunky salsa medium, <laughs> and that's what they call us. Best beverage. Best beverage, best buddies. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Welcome to the Chunky Salsa Buddy Show. Um, but yeah. We're still uh, BenerMarshallPod at gmail.com, I believe. Cinema Lounge Pod on uh, Instagram. And again, if you like the show, tell a friend about it. Give us a rating on iTunes or wherever you listen. 
And uh, like the episode, share the episode, tell a friend about it. Um, thanks for listening. Call your mom. Call your mom in general. She misses you. She told me. <laughs> your mom. <laughs> oh. Got him. <laughs> We're em. just friends. Sorry, Eric. Sorry, Eric. We're just friends. Uh, um, and that's a good place to that's end it. That's a good it. place to end it. What are we going to talk about next time, do you think, Connor? Well, I'm floating the idea of Avatar The Last Airbender, the series. Yes, yes. I think you should go by uh, each season. But that's just one man's opinion. <sighs> that's a lot. Of, that's. I feel, uh, can we do that many episodes on one thing, though? Because when you release every other week, you know, it mm. gets a bit much. It becomes a bit mm. drawn out. Yeah. If we were a weekly show, I feel like that would work. I feel like we'd have to do the whole thing, though. Hey man, your podcast. I'm just living in it. That's true. That's true. Here in the lounge. Here in the cinema lounge. Here with at the wall. Our crackling fire. <laughs> Here at the wall. Here at the wall. That's a national treasure joke. From oh my, yes. From my national treasure people out I was there. Like, why do I know that? Here at the wall. And that's the reason. Gotcha. It's a boat. Charlotte's a boat. <laughs> oh, Nicholas Cage. It's a billion dollar pipe. A billion dollar pipe. <laughs> million dollar pipe. It's a prison. Because it's a name. I, I could go on about yeah, National Treasure. Very but maybe, maybe we could talk about National Treasure. Hey! hey! I was talking about having Adrian on for the um, Avatar episode. For the snaps. But National Treasure would also be another one that I think that we, us three, could talk about really easily. Um, but yeah, um, so prepare for that, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, I've been Marshall. I am Connor. I've been Connor. What am I saying? <laughs> That's it. Bye. <laughs>